Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to the Runners Well podcast with me, Rick Pearson. And me, Ben Hobson. Today we're speaking with Ashley Harwood from the London Frontrunners. How have you been, Rick? I've been well, thank you. Yeah, I've been well. I've um, yeah been running, uh, adding a little bit of um, bit more speed into my um, into my week, which has felt good actually. I've kind of um, probably lost touch a little bit with um, quicker, harder running, and um, it's just invigorating, isn't it? I know obviously in the moment you're a bit like, oh, another rep. That's awful. Like I can't think of anything that I'd you know like to do less, but. Um, the, I think the, the rush afterwards and the kind of uh, the energizing effect that these sort of sessions have on you um, is great. And it, it sort of started, it's got me dreaming again a little bit about, you know, um, you know, doing some decent, decent times do, and running some decent times. Um, is all your training angled towards our half marathon in September? Well, yeah, it is in some ways. I'm struggling to get um, enough time to do a long run, um, but I'm hoping that... Um, Robbie Britton, who we've got had on a few times, says lots of interesting stuff about this stuff. But he's like, your training isn't necessarily like, say you like you and I have both been running for, um, let's say roughly yeah, ten years each or whatever. Um, now you can say, oh, well, I've only trained for ten weeks for a half marathon, but actually you've been training for, like fairly consistently for for ten years. Um, and so some of this endurance stuff, I mean, I'm probably trying to like talk myself into <laughs> perfect into I'm, I'm also buying into it keep going yeah but actually you know like i say well if you look at my training over the last four years well you know i've run yeah I've, I've done a few ultra marathons so i have actually done some longer running it's all there it's not like i'm starting from scratch and i think that's if anyone's listening and kind of has been running for a while but is worried that they're not as fit as they once were i do think actually this history of exercise that that we all rack up are you know eventually makes a big difference so it's, you're never going in completely cold unless you haven't been running for for years and years true but you know even now i mean we we've had news stories recently of guys i think it was a, a senior master maybe he set up you know a, ran a 34 minute 10k set a new record and he yeah. he had a 20 year hiatus wow from, run, yeah. from running before he even did that wow. so there you go you know it's, you can take breaks <laughs> you could take small breaks like <laughs> yeah. 20 years and still be fine have 20 years off um yep. how about you mate because obviously we're both going for, for the big half aren't we that we, we are. it'd be nice to sort of run you know run it roughly the same pace that's that's what I'm yeah thinking. i mean I, I yeah it's going to be a lot more work for me to keep up with you than anything else but i think if <laughs> i'm got, you know you've got, some good, you've got all the shoes haven't you you've got i've the, got all that i mean i've got absolutely <laughs> an abundance of shoes the shoes <laughs> i mentioned in the last episode of the alpha fly next percent two which i've got um also have, have tested the uh puma velocity elite i think they're called and then also the adidas pro three so i mean if anything rick i think carbon fiber might save me yeah. but um you're like you wolverine know. over there uh, hey head to runnersworld.com slash uk for all of your latest carbon running shoes updates but um 
no, it's been good. We've got an episode coming soon with the master of training, Tom Craggs, which is about uh, 80-20 method, yes. um, which you'll hear soon. Um, and I sort of went out and on my commute the other day, we talk about how you utilize each session. It's not on a, on a low mileage sort of week if you can utilize each session to sort of combine the 80-20 principles rather than separating the week firmly into sort of blocks of just easy and then just hard if that's what you need to do so on my commute the other day it was a very easy commute that's about nine miles and i did the first eight it all eight, seven and a half very easy and then the last bit I, t- I tried to go as fast as possible um so you know i had the sort of bit of that end of end of run fatigue plus effort and that felt that felt that felt good to try and switch it on after some time on feet rather than sort of the direct going to doing some reps and that sort of side of stuff so um yeah it's beginning but i haven't got a plan yet i need to get an actual plan i don't know if you if you've got but like i need to like i've got i need to work out the weeks that are coming and how much and when to train because at the moment i'm sort of guessing at it and that's not going to get me it's just not going to get me there it's it's funny. I I think the world's divided into because I, I never like training to a plan, mate. And I I think that's that's not not saying I'm right. I I, I just feel oh, like so I'm lazy. I know roughly what like <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel like I know what the ingredients of of a plan are. And one thing I I really don't like um with running to feel like I've um to be prescribed to. Yeah, for sure. So I really like the idea that I'm in charge. Man, even if basically what I end up doing is what a coach would say. There's part of me that if I've got like, oh no, somebody's telling me I've got to do that. It really stress from a running perspective, it really stresses me out. So I'd just rather be like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not really following a plan, but I sort of am. But you but sort of are because I mean, this is, I think we've done enough to know what sessions are valuable and what aren't. Um, and even this morning, Rick, I went out. Um, I managed to find an old iPod shuffle in the drawer. Do you remember <laughs> those? Ama- amazing run companion. I bet there's like, a bit of people listening who's got, still got a shuffle because it was so light, wasn't it? Basically I got like it. It stamp. works. It's not dead. Brilliant. I fired it up. And so this morning I went out uh, with my Casio on and my shuffle. <laughs> oh, mate. And it was, I mean, I, <laughs> it was, be- and I had, I ran for a 43 minutes. I have no idea how far or how fast I ran. Lovely. I listened to some uh whenever i wanted Backstreet to Street boys yeah i went re- i went full retrograde no i i just, I'd had a, a couple of podcasts on not this podcast i'm not that insane uh you know absolute whatever that yeah just not, egotism egotism on me if i was listening to our own podcast um and i just had a bit of that whenever i needed the distraction but yeah it was lovely it was great so um nice that was that's completely unstructured so maybe that's the future but no i need to um i need to organize my week more my weeks that's good, mm. and that's going to see me through. I think I would like a bit of structure now. Yeah, fair enough. I think most people do actually. Jane mm. definitely is, is someone who likes a plan, isn't it? Um, Loves a plan. Well, hey, look, I've got a quick little bit of science before we get Ash on to talk about London Front Ooh, Run. Yeah. So this love is it. about we all know about coffee. So coffee, obviously, lots of people like coffee. Me too. Um, I love a coffee. So coffee consumption up to four cups a day is linked to long, longer life. We we know that that's been out for a while, and coffee's also like a performance enhancer we know mm-hmm. that it was actually on the banned substance list for many years uh, for that reason um uh, yes but a new investigation looked at what happens if you add sugar to coffee so d- does that does that actually get rid of all the all the kind of life enhancing effects and actually it found that no it doesn't with or without sugar coffee appeared to be protective um so uh unfortunately not so uh, for artificial sweetness if you're adding artificial sweetness you're getting rid of some of the life extending benefits yeah. of uh, of coffee 
but moderate consumption of unsweetened and sugar-sweetened coffee was associated with lower risk of death, said the uh, researchers. So there you go. If you're adding a little bit of coffee, uh, sugar to your coffee... How many sugars? I think we're talking like one. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. like that's moderate, isn't it? That's if you're fine. like four... <laughs> yeah, sugars, I, mean, I once saw a man empty eight bags of sugar into a coffee once. I mean, that's, that's, that's not good for you, is it? I mean, that's... that's... That's that's a that's a it's a sugar high that not not even I could contend with. Yeah, um, I don't know if we've got time for this, but I've got there's one other study that we've we've chatted chatted about, um, and it's on a, on um, your running watch and how your running watch, despite the fact you may have had to remortgage your house to pay for it, <laughs> um, it, it doesn't it doesn't actually know how much recovery you need. And and this new study um, suggests what the watch's estimates have some fundamental flaws. Um, mainly that is it overvalues duration and undervalues intensity when it comes to recovery so so this is someone who's looked into like the algorithms that predict recovery so you finish a run and it says well done 48 hours to after that run you'll be better yeah that, that, that long easy run you're gonna need 48 hours and then oh that incredibly tough one mile um speed session you did oh you recover in like 10 minutes got it um but there's, there's another way of working it out it's probably a little bit um involved for this but it will be coming out in run as well but um uh, mo- most most of the, the kind of the metrics used for um, currently, yes, overvalue those kind of longer um, sessions. But another way of doing it would be to think about um, recovery. And if you, if you after your session, say, say you did a time trial before your session, say, say you did like, a, like five minutes, as far as you can go in five minutes. Yeah. And then you did your session. Yeah. What would, and then you had to do that time trial again. What, what effect would your session have on that, on that time? So, for instance, like say you do your five-minute time trial, you did forty minutes of jogging, and then you did, you'd be roughly, you'd probably be roughly the same in in that time trial. It wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't be a big difference. But if you tried to do it, say after, um, you know, your, your best five k effort, yeah, and then try to run five minutes, you you'd be significantly slower, probably up to a minute, you know, yeah, yeah. Sl- slower, or, or however you want to work it out. Um, so that's another way of um of looking at i think we're going to do something on the website on this just to really bring it to life to people but it's quite interesting and i think just as a, as a general thing is actually you, you watch is it doesn't really value intensity high enough and it probably does the opposite with stuff that's a bit kind of longer and easier that is interesting yeah because i mean i i actually don't really prescribe to what it tells me in terms of recovery but um i'm, I'm sure lots of people do you think recovery is such a complex, like multifaceted thing, isn't it? And I, I think it's a little bit unrealistic in some ways to just just outsource that to to a watch. I, yeah. I think there's too many things that are, like too many metrics, and it's and there'll it, it, just be this kind of crude simplification that goes on, and it's like that actually isn't ever going to be accurate. Yeah, of course. I mean, the great thing about running without a watch, at the, which I've been doing now for a good, oh man, it's got probably a couple of years, Rick. You know, taking myself yeah. off without a watch. Is the understanding of what feels good and what doesn't, and it really, yes. really, it really, really connects you with that sense of like this feels comfortable at this pace, or this actually feels uncomfortable, um, and nothing should, nothing's telling me otherwise. As in, I'm not relying yeah, on my watch yeah. to confirm or deny what I'm feeling. Um, an easy pace can be literally as easy as you want to go, and it doesn't have to be a set number. And it's all those sorts of things where you dis- disconnect yourself from a metric, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, I mean, that run might have been very slow but i don't know like i or you do know mm. because you learn what that feels like but you still don't actively know what you were yes. doing so yeah, yeah, yeah um i can imagine that that's exactly what separating yourself from something telling you how long to recover for does as well yeah totally totally well so um, much gosh rick that was a 
it's a whole double dose of science. Double dose of science there. Um, hey, if, if you, any, any listeners, let us know what you think. Do you think your watch is, um, is getting it wrong with re- recovery? Has it been telling you that you need less or, or, or too much? Let us know. Podcast at runnersworld.co.uk. Um, we should probably get our guest of the week on, Ben. What do you think? Yes, let's do it. Guest of the week. Here in the studio. Guest of the week. Sometimes on the phone. Could be an athlete. Could be a physio. Or a complete unknown. So we're joined this week by Ash Harwood, uh, who's co-president of the London Frontrunners, um, a running club uh, for the LGBTQ plus community. So Ash, welcome to the Runners World podcast. For anyone who's not familiar with front runners i mean can you give us a very brief um sort of overview of what front runners is of course so the london front runners are a lgbtq plus um running group um for people within the lgbtq plus community that want to to run essentially it's as simple as that there you go rick simple (laughs) (laughs) Keep keep it easy exactly um it was i think it's it was 2019 that we last spoke to London Frontrunners um, and obviously since then we've had Covid and, and the likes how has, how has the club developed, changed adapted in the in the sort of subsequent years that we last spoke to you guys it, it, It's been tough because with the club you've always got that sense of community and obviously as we went into lockdown um, you can't do, you can't run because you couldn't be close, you couldn't be within proximity of each other so for a long time, all club activities were halted, but I use the, the term community as a massive piece because I joined the club three years ago and I've made my best, best friends there. And so it was a piece that how do you make the front runners go virtual? Well, it's maintaining that social side of things. It's maintaining that community side of things. But post COVID now, well, post COVID touch wood, like we've come back, we've come back fighting. Like we're back to our um, full capacity. We've got the most members that we've ever had. And it's almost like people took up running during COVID and now they want to continue it and be part of the um, front runners community. We always hear with the front runners how brilliant the social side is. Um, do you think that's kind of one of the areas that sets it apart perhaps from a more, um, maybe what we think of as a kind of old fashioned traditional running club? Yeah, I think it's one that, Let's be honest, with 565 members, when I last checked, um, you're always going to find somebody that you gel with. You're always going to find somebody that you really get on with. And there's always going to be someone that's better at running than you, someone that's going to be worse at running than you, someone that's going to be on parity with you. So it's, it's, it's something that with every single run we do, there is a social aspect. So my highlight of my week is a Saturday because I do a long run on a Saturday and like yesterday, there were a group of 25 of us running a half marathon together. And you're together for two or three hours because you're running together. And then you go for lunch together. Then you go to the pub together. Then you go out. So it's just such a sense of community and that warmness of support and egging each other on almost. I think the significance of people having a safe space that they can partake uh, in, say, running or any other sort of pastime or sport or anything like that. Um how important is it uh, for the front runners to be a safe space for the LGBTQ plus community? I mean, and how how intrinsic is that to everything that you do? I mean, it's absolutely everything that we do. Like, so I, I say I joined the club in 2019 and it took me a long, long time to get the confidence to actually join the club because I didn't. It, it's quite nerve wracking to break into a group of 500 um, 
people. So it was really nerve wracking at first and best, best decision I ever made because I've got that sense of community. I've got people that have been through the same, have got the same story. Everyone's story is individual, but I've got similar stories and that kind of sense to, to for support. At the same time, for 95% of the club, it is a safe space. For 90% of the 5% of the club, like you feel completely included, completely welcome. There's always that challenge of somebody that has been through trouble that has. So, for example, we have got less um, non-binary athletes or less trans athletes. So we want to ensure that that is a shared ex the experiences that I've had and the majority of the members are shared experiences throughout the whole club. So I think that kind of community aspect and that inclusion aspect is above everything else. When you mentioned um, trans athletes there, Ash, like, what, what are some of the things like practical things that you do to try to be as welcoming as possible for, for members of, of that community? Is it stuff when it comes to kind of changing rooms or I'm just thinking of some of the kind of practical things that could happen? Yeah. So, I mean, when we um, kind of market the club in quotation marks, like one of the first things we say is we are open to anyone, regardless of ability, sex, sexual orientation or gender identity. Now, when um, an individual joins the club, they are completely free to self-gender. So, it is you can be male female non-binary trans etc etc so that there's that um kind of removal of any barrier there at the same time we have done a full kind of um you use the example of um changing spaces we have done full audits of all our changing spaces for example to ensure that there are gender neutral bathrooms that there are safe spaces within changing rooms that for example if you go into a changing room there is private cubicle changing for people that may not feel comfortable or want to feel have that extra level of safety let's say so we are putting every layer in process to make it as inclusive as possible and at the same time we are continually talking to our um trans members our non-binary members because we can always do better like I, i'm looking at it from a cisgender male perspective now speaking to my members or my members speaking to the members to understand their experiences and what we can do better to make them feel as included as possible is right at the top of my priority list. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a, a, crucial for any club, isn't it? You, the evolution of how you progress and, and welcome people into the, the space that is running is going to be uh, key to your survival, really. <laughs> exactly. I mean, ultimately, when you talk about kind of, it's interesting because you talk about um, being an LGBTQ plus um, running club. So you'd think that, there is kind of that diversity side of things. Now, within the club, yes, we are. But we also want to ensure that long term, there's that inclusivity. So you could go out and target certain groups to get more members, for example. But we want to ensure that when we have those members, everybody has that uplifting, enriched experience of feeling truly included and feeling, yeah, this is the family that I choose to have. Can you, can you tell us about your um your Pride, uh, Pride Run 10K? Because I know this is a sort of... The, the big uh, flagship event for frontrunners, isn't it? So, where is it? When is it? And and, and uh, why is it so good? You're testing my um testament. <laughs> I, I did write this one down to make sure I got all the right information. Um, so the Pride Run is an annual event um held at in Victoria Park in London. Um, it's a ten kilometer fun run open to all. There is also a two kilometer um fun run for kind of for the kids um to make sure that everybody can take part. It's on the 17th of September this year, so get your tickets. Um, you can you can sign up online. Just type um, Pride Run Victoria Park, and it will pop up. And 
I just think it is one of those events that the feeling, it's like going to a pride parade. The feeling of love, the feeling of excitement, the feeling of community is overwhelming. And I go and just, I see families there. I see friends there. I see the support. And if you can get all of that while at the same time getting fit, I think it's a pretty good balance because we have so many people. Like if you, if you look at our members, a lot of our members are pretty like strong runners. We also have a lot of entry level runners that join the club to kind of just get fit. So it's, it's things that the pride run, for example, is a 10 K. So it's, it's a challenge, but it's also an opportunity for people to get fit at the same time as really have a good laugh and have good fun. This is the runner's world podcast. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I mean, you mentioned Pride, and it is, it is Pride Month. So, um, what does what does what does Pride mean to the front London front runners? What as a, as an event, as a time of the year, as a as a as a movement? What how significant is Pride? More significant than I ever realised when I first joined. And what I mean by that is we have such a diversity of age, and that's probably the best thing I've um, experienced being in the club. So I'm 28 years old myself. We've got members that are 38, 48, 58, 68, 78. We've got full range and speaking to those members like the different experiences that we have experienced is eye-opening speaking to the members that grew up in the 1980s through the AIDS epidemic and hearing their stories and having them come out the other side so I suppose for the front runners pride is about celebration pride is about community pride is about love pride is about having that safe space where You've got a community of people, regardless of um, sex, regardless of sexual orientation, regardless of age, where you can celebrate being you and you can be proud of being you, as I said earlier, while at the same time getting fit and meeting new people with shared interests. That's great. Um, what do you think, though, are some of the kind of uh, the biggest barriers that, that might be facing people from the LGBTQ plus community when it comes to getting into running or, or, or joining a club? 
Um, I think the probably the biggest barrier, and the biggest barrier for me was the fear that everyone's going to be better than me, the fear that everybody is going to be different from me. And when you break into a huge group of people, there is that, oh God, I feel alone. And it's breaking into a new group, a new group of people, like regardless of whether it's front runners, regardless of whether it is um, another group. And I suppose the challenge of the front runners is that because we're such a tight, tight knit group of friends and there are pockets of friendships throughout, it is quite difficult to, or it can be quite difficult to break into that. Now, from kind of the diversity perspective, as you mentioned, that can be a challenge because for for some reason, and we've not, we, we are doing a lot of work to understand this, but for some reason, the balance swings to male as opposed, or male identifying as opposed to female identifying. So we've got a lot more male members, for example. So it theoretically could be quite nerve wracking if you are a female identifying runner joining a club where it's where they're this majority male. Um, but that's where we're doing a lot of work to understand the culture of our club, understand the member um, the membership viewpoint of our club, and really champion that aspect. So yes, you could theoretically target um let's say target female groups to get more female runners but we want to make sure that we've got an environment and a culture where everybody feels that they can be part of that club regardless as i say of their individual differences and when you sort of talk about as you say you're, you're working constantly towards making the club a, a, a better space and a, and a bigger thing what are the future plans and ambitions for the london front runners i mean i think the the sky is the limit on that one. Um, it's one that I want to say, but I don't want to get quoted on it. I think we are the <laughs> biggest LGBT sports club in Europe. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, I would love to have a space where everybody knows about the front runners, where everybody feels that they can join and be part of it from the kind of in community aspect. As I say, for me, best thing that I ever did. Like I've made my best, best friends from that. So as a co-president, I want to make sure that every single member feels that they have that shared experience, feels that they are loved, cared about, thought about, included. At the same time, from an individual perspective, I want to, A, make sure everyone is reaching their full potential. So giving the tools, giving them the kind of the opportunities to go from here to here to, I know it's a podcast, you can't say it, to go from point A to point B and strive to reach their best opportunity. But at the same time, we are continually looking at, at the end of the day, we are a running club and we do want to train. So we're investing into coaches, we're investing into training plans. We're looking at, for example, having like, and it's not confirmed, but looking at structured couch to 5k to Make sure that you get as many new runners in as possible. Because when you are an established running club, it's quite daunting to just join and be like, right, off you go do a 10K. But if we can have a structured plan to in place to with like qualified coaches to make sure that we are as um, succinct, as supportive as possible, I think that creates a great environment to achieve. Hmm. And who knows, we might have runners winning the Olympics one day. Wow. Well, let's talk about Olympic yeah. runners then, because obviously, um, good Dame Kelly Holmes um, came out over the weekend, and obviously, she I think she had been something that she'd been planning to do for a while. Um, uh, 
but it, I feel like it can it obviously is a nerve-wracking experience for lots of people as someone who's who's in this, in this community Ash, can you explain kind of what some of the like like yeah some of the trepidation around um coming out and, and what that kind of what that can feel like for people yeah I, so I came out 10 years ago so even 10 years ago it was a very different world then to what it is now but at the same time if you imagine I came out at the age of 18 I knew I was gay at 13 years old so you therefore have five or six years or till whenever you have the confidence to come out of fear you're hiding who you truly are you're not being your true self and therefore you almost um build up the the fear and the anticipation of what may be or what may not be um so i had my, my teenage years were horrible because you're essentially you're living a lie eventually pardon fun but you burst out of the closet and for me i had a brilliant experience my friends were incredibly supportive my family were incredibly supportive but because of those years where i was closeted and i wasn't my true self you do still build that fear and you build a stereotype so i came out at 18 i didn't join the london front runners for example until i was 25 years old or 24. the reason was because i built this fear of if i join a gay group or an lgbtq plus group i'm going to become kind of swallowed up by the gay community and I, I had all these fears that i was going to become a stereotype let's say couldn't have been more different and as i said before i wish i had joined when i was 18 19 20 because the front runners are the family that i choose to have the front runners are the family that are there for the highs for the lows for the sadness for the happiness and it's a group of individuals that have had all the same experience They've all gone through the fear, or we've all gone through the fear of what will my family say? We've gone through the fear of what's my life going to be like? We've gone through the fear of, am I going to get married? Am I going to have kids? And it's just that understanding that, yeah, we're gay. Yeah, we're bisexual. Yeah, we're lesbians. Yeah, we're non-binary. Whatever our things that make us unique are, but we are one. And that is the best, best thing that has ever come out of joining the frontrunners. Oh, that, that's it's great to hear you talk about it in in those terms. Ash. I think that's yeah, your passion for it really comes across. I think, um, and it's it's international, right? As well, there's there's like there's front runners around the globe, aren't there? There's like these kind of I don't we call it like clubs, like in Edinburgh and yep. the US. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, it, it's and we will always welcome international front runners. So we have so it was um, International Front Runners Week um, last week. So there were runs and celebrations throughout the world, but it is one that. For example, a couple of years ago, I went to New York. Um, I went on a, as a solo trip, and before I went, I got in contact with the internet with the New York front runners and said, "Hi, I'm Ashley. I'm a London front runner. I'd love to come and join your club um, for for a run." And you've immediately made fifty new friends because they welcome you with open arms. You introduce yourself. You go for brunch afterwards, and it's a worldwide community. Whether you're going to Sydney, whether you're going to New York, whether you're going to Boston, whether you're going to Phoenix, whether you're going to Edinburgh, all over Paris, like all over the world, we've got this inclusive community. That's phenomenal. So good. Yeah. yeah. So like it's it's like a cut above what yeah what most running clubs are offering, isn't it? Because it's like right, there are these ready-made communities for you to where you've got shared, we've got some, a shared interest, and you can uh, make it socialise a little bit. A little bit easier exactly uh, and, and we can yeah. we can continually learn from other clubs as well so take the new york front runners for example who are the biggest front runners group and i would love to get to that level mm. one day <laughs> one day one day 
um, but they've got a really established walking group. So they have the walking group for runners that are either retired or going through injury or just don't want to run, but want to have that social aspect. And we are, like the London frontrunners are very much in the infancy of having a walking group. Um, we kind of started it up for people that have uh, recovering from injury and it's at the point of trying to get it off the ground. So that is one of the next levels to make sure that we are we have the social runs for those that want to run but not compete. We have club runs for people that want to compete. We have cross country. We have trail runs. We have races. But for rehabilitation, we also have that walking group. So it's one of those we're trying to appeal to everybody. Yeah. Um, Ash, where would where would anyone who listens to this want to find out more information? Where where should they go? So we've got our um, frontrunners website. So it's www.londonfrontrunners.org. Um, and there you've got all the information. So we've got all that information on the website. We run, um, we run on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. We have trail runs on Sunday all across London. So there is something for everybody, whether you want to run, whether you want to socialize, whether you want to um, train for a race with the London Marathon coming up, up in October. I lead a long run on a Saturday. So that's a great opportunity to drive that training. And if you want to um, find any more information out, you can email info at londonfrontrunners.org and we will be happy to share as much information as you want and welcome you with open arms. Ash, thanks so much for coming on the Runners World podcast. Absolutely great to talk to you about London Frontrunners and um, what it means to you and what the, what the hopes are for the future. So thanks very much for your time. Brilliant. Thanks very much indeed. I appreciate it. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. A huge thanks to our guest, Ash Harwood, and to you, of course, for listening. You can subscribe to Runners World magazine, head to the internet and search Runners World UK subscriptions. Then that magazine will arrive at your house every single month. Um, you can also go on the internet, runnersworld.com slash UK and find all your running needs on the internet. That's what we do. We do running on the internet as well. Um, thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, we're going to assume you subscribed already, but if you haven't, please do subscribe. Share it with your friends and uh, have a fantastic rest of your week and you'll hear from us next week. 